2: Here we go. Salute to Knicks Nation on this Tuesday night. CP from Knicks Fan TV, number one show for the fans by the fans. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk about some big, big Knicks coaching updates, including Kenny Atkinson's surprise second interview with the Knicks. And speaking of Kenny Atkinson, is he actually the defensive guru that the Knicks need? We're going to take a little bit of look at some film between Atkinson, Thibodeau, and Miller and do some defensive breakdowns. We're also going to talk about Mitchell Robinson's historic record-setting sophomore season. So let's get right into it. Phone lines are up 657-383-1509. As usual, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Smash that thumbs up. All right, so this morning, breaking news came across the way by way of uh, Jonathan Macri, friend of of the program of Knicks Film School, who had announced that Kenny Atkinson interviewed with the Knicks last night, and it wasn't clear whether or not it was his third interview or a second. Last week, a lot of the beat writers had reported that the second round of interviews had been wrapping up, so we had assumed that everybody did have their second round interviews. We knew that Woodson did and also Tibbs. We didn't hear anything about Kenny, actually. We didn't know even if Kenny got its first interview. So uh, when Macri broke the news, um, we had to confirm whether or not it was a second or third. Later on today, it was confirmed by Mark Berman of The Post and Steve Popper Newsday that it was his second interview with the Knicks that he had uh, yesterday on Monday night. So what does that mean for us? What does that mean for the Knicks? As usual, is never a dull moment. We've been hearing all this time that Tibbs was the front runner, that it was ninety percent Tibbs. Every major outlet that you cover that you that covers the Knicks has said that it's Tibbs. It's Tibbs' job to lose, but now Kenny Atkinson sneaks through the back door Monday night for a second interview. So what does that mean? Uh, could be a couple things. Number one is is Kenny still being considered for the head coaching job? Is this a negotiating tactic? You know, Steve Popper of Newsday had also uh, alluded to the fact that it's possible Tibbs could be holding out uh, for maybe to see what happens with the Houston job, maybe to see what happens with Philly, maybe even Brooklyn, who knows? Um, I don't see it that way because it's such a long way between now and the end of the season. I don't think Tibbs would be holding the job up. And clearly the Knicks wouldn't be waiting on him for that long. So still possibility, still a possibility that it could be a way to to light a fire on the tibs and and get him to accept the job. But what I think it's likely and from what Ian Begley is reporting this evening, Ian Begley is stating that um, sources around the league expect the Knicks to hire one of the head coaching candidates in the assistant coach's role. One of the head coaching candidates will be hired as the assistant. So what does that mean? Is it Tibbs and Woodson? Is it Tibbs and Kenny? Is it Tibbs and Mike Miller? Could it be three? Could Mike Miller be a third assistant along with Woodson and, and uh and uh and uh Tibbs? Right? Is it Kenny and Mike? Is it Kenny and Woodson? What do you guys think? Is it Woodson and Kenny? (laughs) What's it at Mike? What are you guys thinking? But according to Ian Begley, as of tonight, 622 p.m. Eastern. Coaches around the league expect that several people briefed on the Knicks thinking is what he says. Expect them to hire at least one of the current head coaching candidates as an assistant on the next head coach's staff. So what do you guys think? What do you guys think about that? I think that would be good. I think that would be a good move. Um, you know, I think it's likely that it'll it'll be Tibbs and Kenny. Remember, Kenny's still getting paid by the Nets after he got fired by the Nets. So a lot of people would say, "Well, why wouldn't why would he settle for an assistant coaching gig?" Well, it'll it would be a nice high paying assistant coaching gig with the Knicks. You know, still still a still a a Hot, top media market, still a lot of exposure for him to, to rebound until he gets a job that he really wants. And then at the same time, you have the opportunity uh for play development and and in assistant tips. Mike Woodson, we know, feels like his job was never was 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 never finished. He still got a job to finish. Mike Woodson is on a mission to finish what he started here with the Knicks and Knicks taped the 54-win season. Until Phil Jackson pulled the rug out from under him and said, hey, if you're not running the triangle, you're not going to be suitable for this job. Which you all know is a bunch of nonsense. So, Woodson is motivated for this thing. And then what about Mike Miller? Took over for David Fisdale after failure of a second season. Had to, had the Knicks playing well, you know, made some improvements, had the squad improving and playing a bit better under Miller's leadership. Then all of a sudden we have a pandemic, everything shifts out the window. His evaluation window gets cut short abruptly. But what we have heard is that the organization still feels uh, very highly of him. Still has a lot of respect from him, for him. So would that mean that they would uh, consider keeping him In this assistant coach's role or another player development type role with the squad. So it's a lot to consider, man. It's a lot to consider. I want to hear from you guys right away. Let's get right to the phones. Let's go to Atlanta. Leroy, let's go. How you feeling? Hey,
3: CP. Strong Island. How
2: you doing? Strong Island in the building. How you feeling, bro? I'm
3: doing great. Doing great. Hey, let's get straight at it. This is Tibbs' job, period. This is too much business. It's too much money. Tibbs is going to get this job, and I believe Kenny Atkinson is going to be his assistant. And I think that's a great move. I think Tibbs is a great coach overall because, long term, we've got to have a coach that can build a winning system and building a winning culture. And I think, in that regard, Tibbs is top of the line. Then I think Kenny Atkinson is is probably will be the best assistant coach we could we could get at this time because he's proven that business development, player development, he's done an excellent job with that. And also, he's, of course, a New Yorker. Right? He understands the culture. Both these guys were assistant coaches in New York, yeah. so they're perfect for understanding the culture, of dealing with the New York, the media, the fans. And I think that means something at this point to Dolan, and I think that's a good team. What do you think?
2: Hey, I, I agree with you, Leroy. I think it's a good move, man, and thanks for the call, man. I think it's a good move. Listen, um, as Leroy said, if you go with a Tibbs and a Atkinson, you have two guys that have been here. They know what to expect as soon as they step into the fire, and they'll be ready for it. Uh, Atkinson already being here with Brooklyn Tibbs, obviously being here as an assistant under Van Gundy, under that Riley tree. Uh, Again, knows, knows the pressure cooker of New York. When you go back to Leon Rose's statement and what he's looking for in a head coach, again, somebody that's going to command that respect in the locker room. Somebody who, when these guys are are game planning on the bench, all 12, all 13 guys are locked in on the coach. To me, that's a guy that's going to have experience and knows how to command a team. Uh, Again, whether or not people, the the naysayers say, well, he's got to work on his player development or, or player relationship skills. Sure, you know, I, I, I could definitely um, give you that point. But again, with Atkinson, uh, we all know that his strength has been on the player development side, if nothing else, right? They, they do knock him on his X's and O's and so forth and feel like with the Nets, maybe that's the reason why Katie and Kyrie got rid of him. I'm still not so sure. But what we do know is from a player development side, from the players that we spoke to, Raymond Felton included, he seems to be uh, praising Kenny Atkinson in that regard as well. When you also think about, um, uh, from Leon Rose's perspective, he wants a guy that will col- be collaborative with the front office. Be collaborative with the front office. We all know that he and Tom Thibodeau go back a ways back. Tom Thibodeau also having some front office experience with the Timberwolves. Now, that may have led to his downfall, but... I'm just saying somebody that has experience in a front office role as well, but also has that experience and that relationship with Leon Rose and World Wide West. So it just leads me to believe that it's still going to be Tibbs when when you think about those hints that Leon Rose has dropped. So I'm I'm still thinking that it's going to be Tibbs with likely Atkinson um, as the assistant. But good call. Appreciate the call, Leon. Let's go to Brooklyn. Justin in the building. Justin, how you feeling,
3: man? I'm good, CP. How are you doing, brother?
2: Good, man. What's going
3: on? Wonderful, man. I just want to say big outs real quick for what you're doing on the show. You and Jay Ellis from the Nick of man. You guys are doing great things. Um, But real quick, I just want to get to the coaching search. Um, I think, like you said, it is Tibbs' job to lose. I don't really think they'll give Woody the job. I, I just I don't, don't so. see it. I would like to see him come back as an assistant coach. I'd also like to see Kenny Atkinson and Miller come back as a start, as an assistant coach. Um I think we need an offensive guy because Tibbs' offense is just not doable right now in the NBA. But I do I do think that Tibbs Atkinson and Woody and Miller as well would be great for defense and building a culture of tough, hard nosed players. Getting back to that real New York basketball. And my last point, I would love to see, I know you spoke about this before, change of the logo and the uniform. How do you feel about that?
2: Hey, if it leads to wins, uh, I'm down for anything, man. I'm down for anything. You know, listen, like I said, in terms of logo and stuff, Knicks have fairly kept it fairly classic. You know, yet yeah, they had the round ball Knicks logo. Now they've gone to the more um, triangular shape. You have the New York on top that they had, or back in the day, they didn't have it. They're going to keep it kind of traditional. We'll see what Steve Stout and the marketing team comes up with in terms of uh, jersey design. And speaking of jersey design, it was also announced today that Jordan Brand is branding the Jumpman logo on every statement edition jersey going forward next year. As a Knicks fan, that is terrible. Like, that is terrible, man. You want to tell me that the Knicks, the Pistons, everybody that Jordan just rip their hearts out, are going to have to wear that that emblem of pain, of pain and and lack of prosperity on their jersey. That's terrible, man. Scott Perry, uh, Steve Stout, we got to file a petition, man. We got to file a petition on that one. We can't let that stand. New York, Detroit, we got to stand up. We can't let that stand, man. Not at all. Not at all. But, uh, but Justin speaks on culture building. And listen, that, that's what we need, right? We're still in that process of developing this team, in the process of developing an identity, uh, developing a culture. And again, this is why I don't see much parity between these coaching candidates, because I still feel like the team has to be built. The team has to be built in the mold and the vision of the coach. And then we need to let it cook. We need to let this thing cook and marinate, man. We don't give, um, I mean, listen, I know Fisdale was a failure and and rightfully so that he, he's no longer the coach, but we've, we've got to give our coaches and our players some more leeway and let, let them marinate. You know, whether it's Tibbs, Atkinson, Woodson, doesn't matter to me. As long as these players buy in to their system, buy into their philosophy, we got to give them some time. Got to give them some time. But yeah, we, we can't have that Jumpman logo on the Knicks statement jersey, man. We we need a change.org petition on that because that's just abysmal. I got Chris Shamus in the chat. I know he definitely agrees with me on that. He, he He's not a fan of that, and I'm not a fan of that either. The Jordan shoes, listen, I'm a little partial. I, I, listen, I love Jordans. I'm not going to lie. I got a lot of Jordans in the closet right now. The 11s in particular, you know, the Nick color ones, uh, I got a pair. I'm not going to lie. I got a pair in the closet, but um you know the jersey that that's just that, that's going too far so to everybody in the chat hit that thumbs up button for you boys we've reached 600 already in the chat so salute to everybody in here let me shout out some people high checking in all the way up there in uh british columbia We got raw hebrew remnant in the chat julio says no jordan logo i'm not with that at all uh tri Burrow in the building how you feeling john talento always in here first hit that thumbs up button for you boys Uh, Manny Ramos says, are those Knicks or Cavs colors? Manny, come on, man. There's only one orange and blue in this NBA, and everybody else is just imposters. all right? We've been around since 1946 in orange and blue, so that's it. That is the standard. So the Cavs, the Thunder, they've all tried to copy. Now, the Cavs joints, I like like the Cavs joints in orange and blue. I'm not going to lie, but there's only one. There's only one. So, uh, I would like to see them come out with a black alternative. We'll see uh, what what those guys have in order. If you guys are new in the chat, leave me a hashtag new, and I'll shout you guys out. And uh, let's get back to the phones, man. I want to hear from the fans tonight. Let's go to um, Camille from New Brunswick. I, I believe she called last time and couldn't get in. So, Camille, how you doing? You doing doing good, CP? How's everything going on, on your end? Good, man. What's going on? All right. Uh congratulations on the
4: on the on the uh on the commercial by the way. Um,
3: Thank you, man. But I just want to
4: talk to you about uh just want to talk to you about Tibbs, man. He's my number one choice. 100% I like I think he, he he's the perfect coach for us. I think what the hold up is though is that Tibbs seems like the type of guy that wants to have his own type of coaching staff. Maybe he's the one that's holding out on maybe us trying to say let's add Kenny Axton or or Mike Miller or, uh, or Woodson. What
2: do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, the coach should definitely, I mean, a coach of, of Tibbs's caliber should definitely have that respect to build his own staff. Um, maybe it's a collaborative approach, you know, maybe it is a collaborative approach between the front office and Tibbs, um, to bring in an Atkinson or a Woodson or a Miller or retain a Miller as an associate head coach. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not, not quite sure whose, whose decision this is to, to bring in one of these head coaching candidates as assistant, but, uh, but clearly Tibbs would want to be on board. You know, clearly Tibbs should be on board in order for that to, uh, to pull through. Let's shout out uh, Maya Cohen, Team Hashtag New. Shout out Maya. Shout out Justin Coleman, checking in on Team Hashtag New. Checking in from St. Louis. We got Blaze Barrel, Team Hashtag New in the building. Special K, checking in from the U.S. Virgin Islands. A little Special K. We got Juan Texador checking in, Team Hashtag New. So somebody checking in from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Shout out to uh, Brazil, checking in. We worldwide, man. Jordan Joseph, what's going on? Chris G to G Styles team, hashtag new. We got a lot of new f- new, f- new people in here in the family. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Always support us. Definitely appreciate it. Myk Vision team, hashtag new. Welcome. Jal Victor. Jal Victor. Rocking the, the old school Islander uh, logo. New from uh, Rio de Janeiro. So shout out Jao Victor. All right, back to the phones. Let's go to um, Jersey City. Edward in the building. Edward, how you
5: feeling, man? Hey, I'm doing a ride. Congratulations with your shovel. Um, I just want to give my uh, thoughts on the coaching search. Uh, my number one choice is uh, Tom Thibodeau. Um, I really like him a lot because uh, not only does he have, like, experience coaching here in New York as an assistant, but I really like the fact he he makes the best out of what he has. I remember a lot of those years when uh, they didn't have their uh, Cruz, and he was able to find a way. He was able to find an office for where when there wasn't a lot of uh, talented offensive players on team, I remember like one year when uh, he would basically unleash Nate Robinson like in the third quarter, and they would basically play close. And then uh, late third quarter, he unleashes Nate Robinson, and before you know it, they're up by like eight, ten points, and they basically kind of cruise to a win. And so uh, I just like how he's able to take advantage of what he has. He doesn't. He doesn't seem like the kind of person that would just like because he. He doesn't have the talent. Uh, it doesn't seem like uh, he's the kind of coach that just gives up and just gets frustrated. He always finds a way. Uh, my number two is Woodson because um, although people have some issues with his uh, in-game decisions, I always felt that Woodson really knew how to, like, uh, come up with a game plan. of like He always came up with a good plan of how he wanted his teams to play. And so it was almost like you get him on off-season. He comes up with a plan he knows how he he wants his team to play, and he just always came out with a good game plan every night i mean usually with the in game coaching decisions sometimes it wasn't always that great. I thought it was more than solid in my opinion, but mm. I know some people complain um, about you know some of some of his decisions uh especially during his last year um,
3: and uh
5: atkinson uh I do give him you know he is a good development coach, but my issue with Atkinson is that um uh essentially it's like i felt like uh when he was with brooklyn i felt like he was being a little stubborn if you guys remember he did not turn it around until basically they threatened to fire him um if they didn't if he didn't turn it around i kind of felt like uh you know i don't remember everything that happened during that year but i do remember how their their style the way their style of play was a little different and then as soon as like he was in a hot seat it was almost like he switched I, I kind of felt like he didn't want to really make use of what he had as though you know it just um I just felt like he didn't really make use of uh, his talent, uh, the talent that he had on the team much earlier during that year and even the year before. and uh, it wasn't only until like you know they threatened to fire him that he kind of changed uh, changed the game plan and the way he was uh, coaching the team, and then you know they they turned it around and started doing better. but uh, that's my, you know. That's my choice, and so I'm going to get off on and see what you have to say about it.
2: Appreciate it. Definitely appreciate it. Um. Yeah, listen, I, I think, you know, in terms of you saying Tibbs um, having a, you know, uh, run with what he had, you could definitely point to that Chicago situation with Derrick Rose being in and out due to injury. Obviously, they had that one playoff run uh, with uh, Nate Robinson at the helm back in 2013, and they certainly did well. Uh, defensively, obviously, is where he shined in Chicago. But then you have Minnesota, where for three years you had uh, a Timberwolves team that was hovering basically dead last on the defensive ratings you know and so again is is that his scheme it was that the personnel they did get to the playoffs at one point when they had uh jimmy they had Taj, jamal crawford and so on they had a veteran stack lineup and and were able to make it to the playoffs which was good Uh, and then that last season things kind of fell apart from early so it's kind of hard to say you know which tips you're gonna get what is the proper scheme for this team? Is Can he make the proper adjustments? Will he make the adjustments in terms of minutes management? How much is he going to be willing to embrace analytics? You know, you he see the Knicks bringing in all these analytical figures in the front office. Part of that front office collaborative approach is, is going to be uh, working with those guys you know, definitely going to be working with those guys. You know, I, I, I got into it with, uh, I got into it, but had a spirited debate with, um, one one of the fans in comment section, you know, they don't believe in the analytics or any of the guys that they brought in any of the number crunches and nerds. And listen, there's, I think there's a place in the game for it. Um, obviously the talent and the cream is going to rise to the crop. I always, I always say that, but I think, Listen, analytics are part of sports nowadays, whether we like it or not. So you gotta hope that the organization uses uh those assets to their advantage. On Woodson, yeah, I agree. The the knocks on Woodson have been in terms of um his in-game adjustments. A lot of people didn't like how uh he coached that Pacer series where the Knicks tape lost. Uh on the flip side, you could point to to the Knicks being um um, you know. Uh, an excellent three-point shooting team that year. You know, led the league in attempts and uh, I believe three-point percentage. And so, what's in you know a lot of people point to his ISO-heavy offense, but he, he was an offense that emphasized uh, letting that three fly. And so that was uh, one of the advantages that uh, that the Knicks had in that year. And then he also pointed Ed, also pointed to Kenny Atkinson, who he felt like you know, and and a lot of Nets fans felt this way as well that Kenny just didn't um, make the proper adjustments. To help the Nets win games. But I do think, just looking from the outside in, not having watched a ton of Nets games, but just looking from the outside in, that, you know, I think he did um, play well with the the hand that he was dealt. You know, in terms of the personnel that he had. You know, making the playoffs last year's seventh seed. Some people don't give him any credit for it, but listen, they made it. Knicks didn't make it. And, and, you know, they had Levert, LeVert, Dinwiddie, Harris, Jared Allen. And still, still, we're going to make it to the playoffs. Right now, they're sitting in seventh, going into the restart on the bubble. So, um, you know, listen, I, I think, I think Atkinson's uh, impact on the team was felt. Maybe he wasn't the, the proper X's and O's guy. Uh, if he comes here as the head assistant, is that a situation where he gets a more um, X's and O's guy on his staff that can help him again? Uh, you know, evolve as a coach. All right. So let's see. We appreciate the call, Ed. Uh, Salute to all the Super Chats that came in. Edward Stolen sends a Super Chat. He says, all defensive guys, who's designing the O? Just like I said, who is designing the offense? Shane Mack from New Jersey sends us a Super Chat. He says, what's up, CP, Knicks Nation? He likes Tibbs and Kenny. He's going with the Tibbs and Kenny ticket. Royal Hebrew Revenant says, Tibbs and bring in Harris and Bertans. Uh, for shooting, defensive identity is long overdue. I agree with you 100%. Michael Parker, number one fan of the show. Salute to Michael Parker. He says, salute CP. Salute to the chat one time for the mods. Salute to all the mods in there, Dave and TM. Uh, make sure you guys are um, throwing the links in there to uh, the the mailing list. Remember, very important. I need you guys' contact. Need a mailing list. We're building a website Big things coming for Knicks Fan TV on the horizon. We're building a website, so we definitely need the mailing list uh, to continue to just stay in contact with you guys. We want to be able to maintain this platform outside of YouTube. Never know what social media changes and, and uh, how these things might affect the channel. So we want to be able to take that movement, put it on a website, and make sure that we have something of our own, something that we can be proud of, and that's the whole purpose of it. We don't give away your information. We don't sell your information. It's all for the purpose of staying in contact. All right, um, all the Super Chats in here, let me salute Money Mark. Money Mark S sends a Super Chat, and he says, uh, Atkinson is the man for the job, but if if not, I'm good with him and Tibbs. Keith Miller, too. Salute CP and uh, Knicks Fan TV. Salute Money Mark as well. And somebody <laughs> put their... I think marvin smith had put his email address in the chat marvin don't put it in the chat we're gonna send you the link to actually input your information so uh appreciate the um you know proactivity but just give it a second tm and dave will will uh will drop the links in the chat and we will um capture your information let's go to the west coast josh in san diego up next let me um click you on josh how you feeling man
1: What's going on, CP? How you feeling today? How you doing, bro? Not much. Uh, So uh, you said something earlier that I disagreed with, and that was that David, the David Fisdale era was a failure. Um, Quite frankly, we didn't give David Fisdale enough time to even figure out whether he was a failure or not. The front office, I mean, completely... Uh, did not, they did not, uh, get a good judgment on how that roster was supposed to be. We, you didn't have a balanced roster at all. David Fizzle was kind of like the fall guy for them that failed in free agency. Um, with that being said, I hope the Knicks do not get Thibodeau as a head coach. I don't think, think he's really good at player develop, development. What we need right now is a, a coach that can come in and develop our younger players, our younger talent. We have all of our draft picks. If we get Thibodeau, that is a sign of us basically going in free agency and basically gambling and doing everything that we've been doing for the past 20 years. I'm a big advocate of Mike Miller keeping his job. Um, as a, We need to get some type of consistency on the bench. Um, we have not had that. Every two years, every year, we're, we're getting rid of these head coaches. Um, if they don't want to do Mike Miller, I would highly recommend Kenny Atkinson and Jason Kidd from the player development angle. I don't feel like Thibodeau is the right man for this particular job. Anywhere else in the league, whether it's veterans, I think it's it's fine, but for this particular Knicks situation, I don't think this uh Thibodeau is the right call. So I would go Atkinson or Kid. Thanks, okay. CP.
2: Appreciate it, man. Salute to the West Coast, Salute San Diego, Josh, appreciate it. Listen, on my Fizz point, um, yes, I agree with you, they gave him some crappy hands, right? And in the game of cards, they gave him some crappy hands in terms of a roster. Uh, I still don't think he was able to maximize the, the the talent uh on that team. And it was evident by the way that they played on the Miller. You saw a more uh, spirited team. You saw a better defensive team. Um, The the cohesion was way better. You saw better execution under Mike Miller. You didn't see that under Fizz. You didn't see those after timeout uh, execution under Fizz. You you saw a more bewildered and puzzled Fizzdale than anything else. Um, Should they have given him a little bit more time? Maybe, but all I'm saying is I, I, I didn't cry about them. Uh, firing him. Yes, I do want to see more stability with the coach and more patience with the coach. But I, I'm I'm not going to cry over Fizz. I'm, I'm not going to cry over Fizz, you know. Obviously, you don't want to see anybody lose their job by any means. But I, I didn't think he was particularly good at, at much with this team, even though he didn't have a lot to, to work with. You know, because as soon as Miller took over, he made those adjustments. They stopped switching as much. He dropped uh, went into drop coverage on the defensive end. And they were much better for it. I think they were much better for it. I think with the personnel that Fizz had, um, not having the proper defensive awareness out there, I think some of his defensive concepts um, just wasn't right for the personnel. And I think Miller simplified it, and that's why they started playing a little bit better. That's why they started playing a little bit better. So, um, and, you know, on the comments on Tibbs, listen, I I think that's a... a, um, a righteous concern for people to to think that when Tibbs is here, that they're going to speed this thing up and try to get aggressive in terms of getting him a, a proper team that he can work with. I, I, I tend to agree. While I do want to see them um, take the right steps of putting a more cohesive team on the court, yeah, yeah. if they bring in Tibbs, it, I, I think they will try to rush things a bit and just hope they don't you know gamble away the future, really. You just hope they don't gamble away the future. So mortgage away the future. Uh, but appreciate the call from Jeff. All right, who else we got here? We have, how many people we got in the chat? Almost 800. We are creeping up on 800. Um, What do I want to give away tonight? I, I I feel like I'm giving away something every night. I got to move the bar up. All right, we are, we are at 800. We've cracked 801. So make sure you hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Definitely want to do that. So to everybody in the chat, once again, CP from Knicks Fan TV here, number one show by, for the fans, by the fans. Remember, this show is available in audio podcast format, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Amazon Alexa. Uh, so to everybody that is new. Uh, throw your cities in the chat also. Let us know where you're checking in from. Leave your cities in the chat. And let us know that you are in here. Uh, what do we want to give away tonight? I got. Oh, I think these these are dope. I think these are dope. But we got we got to set a bar. How many likes we got? I think if we get to a thousand likes, uh, I'm gonna give these away, man. These are some um, Mitchell and Ness. I know you guys always like the nine six nine seven jerseys. Either these are the shorts, brand new with the patch, official patch, Mitchell and Ness joints. 50th anniversary you got the you got the uh the gold NBA logo nine six nine seven fresh fresh all right let's let's see if we, we got a thousand likes this is going home to somebody man if we got a thousand likes it's going it's going home to a win hit that thumbs up button for you boys size extra large size extra large so we'll drop the links in the chat Sign up for it, and uh, and we might have a winner here, man. Sign up for it, and we might have a winner. Uh, let's see. We got some Super Chats coming in. Shout out to Dr. Block $8 Australian Super chat. So to everybody down in Australia. Always in here heavy. He says, Atkinson is my first choice, followed by Kid or Woody. Keen to get more young talent. One in the draft for Melo, Jalen Smith, and Kmart Jr., So he wants Kmart Jr. in the garden replicate what his pops was doing here. Okay. So with everybody in Australia. Justin Sweeney. Salute, Justin Sweeney. Says a little support goes a long way. Really appreciate what you're doing. CP has been a great help mentally during the quarantine. Big up Shay Ellis and the crew. Appreciate it. Definitely appreciate that, Justin. You know, we just do what we do. Try to have some fun with it. It's gonna be a long road till next basketball is back. So uh, you know, just just trying to do what we can. To uh, bring some levity, brings bring some happiness, and and change up change up the scenery for some people. It's a tough time, you know. A lot of people going through things out here. So, a very very tough time. All right, let's go to um, Mike from Jersey. Mike, how you feeling?
4: Uh, what's good, CP. Um, I got a couple of comments about the, uh, the coaching situation. Um, I feel like Tom Thibodeau is not the right choice for his job just because. We're not a contender. I feel like if there was a contending champ- for a championship or playoff or whatever, whatever, like, right, I I feel like we need a coach who's going to develop specifically RJ Barrett. And this is why um, I would like Jason Kidd because he did good with Giannis when he was in Milwaukee. So I feel like Jason Kidd is my first choice. And if not, then it happens. For but Tibbs, I feel like Tibbs, I just feel like that's the typical they they just going for the big names, you know. But that's all I really gotta say. I'm not a big kid guy. Jason Kidd
2: first, and then second, McKenny Atkinson. I want to know what you think. Listen, I think there's there's people that who like kid. Um, uh, like I said in the past, I think people, a lot of people, have given credit to Jason Kidd for uh, you know Jonas's development, especially moving him to the point forward, and and really accentuating his his skill sets there. Uh, a lot of people didn't like how the Bucks play defense on the Jason Kidd. And we're going to get into that defensive talk in a second because on the Budenholzer, Bucks have a historic, historically good defense right now in terms of defensive rating since they started tracking that stat in 1990. Bucks are third right now all time in terms of defensive rating. So we're going to talk about that. Um, but do you guys, you know, do people trust Jason Kidd? He's had two head coaching opportunities in a very small window. What what happened? What happened with Jersey? What happened with with uh, the Bucks? Why Jason Kidd is no longer there, and now he's with the Lakers trying to you know climb back into things. According to reports, the the Knicks were impressed with Kidd's interview. I don't think he's gonna get the the gig. And I also don't think that you know Thibodeau's not a development coach. I think develop. I think Thibodeau's a a, a coaching lifer. Um, I think development is in his blood. You look at some of those Bulls um, players, Jimmy Butler's. You know, Luol Dang was an All Star in the Obviously, D Rose was on the descent. Was already an All Star coming into the league, just a, a natural born stud. Um, but obviously playing on the tips he, he he was a solid player you know you look at kirk Heinrichs you look at those guys I think Tibbs is can can definitely develop obviously you know Ta- Townsend Wiggins never really uh progressed under him but maybe um you know maybe that's them maybe maybe that's them so um we shall see what happens but you know in in terms of defense, I was talking about uh, that, that Bucks defense. In terms of defense, you know, a lot of people look to Tibbs as uh, the defensive guru, and rightfully so. But What about Kenny Atkinson? What about Kenny Atkinson on the defensive end? You know, the Nets had the 8th ranked defense in the league uh, under Kenny Atkinson. So, listen, you know, there's a lot of criticism for Atkinson. Um, uh, for the next season, and again, I don't think we we really know pr- in pr- why in particular he was, was canned. But one of the areas where they did fairly well under him statistically was on the defensive end, finishing with the eighth, uh, ranked defense under Atkinson's reign. So is that a preferred method? For the Knicks, is Atkinson's defensive style a preferred method for the Knicks? Obviously, yeah, you you know, against good shooting teams, you're going to get beat. But is that a philosophy that, you know, would benefit the Knicks? Is that a philosophy that would benefit the Knicks? Now, when we go to Thibodeau's defense, now the difference between... Um, what what Thibodeau's running now, what he did run with Minnesota is they're going to be helping guys off the weak side, off the corner, and off the wing. They're going to be helping off the corner and off the wing. And what that's going to do is that's going to leave guys wide open on the weak side for open three points, for open three-pointers. And that's the biggest, from the critic standpoint, that's the biggest knock on Thibodeau is, is that strong side defense that works so well with the Bulls, can that work in this modern NBA? Can it work? Because what happens is, once you have these two help side uh, defenders cheating off their man, you got to be able to either be athletic enough to recover to the three-point line or have that awareness to know where your guys at at all times. So with the spacing that we have now, where you have, you know, sometimes you have stretch fours, stretch fives out there, and on top of that, when you factor in that offensive has gotten a lot more sophisticated in terms of off-ball movement, cutting, so on and so forth, the critics are questioning whether or not Tibbs' style still fits in today's NBA. You look at Minnesota, they were ranked 27th, 25th, and 26th. Under Tibbs' leadership from the defensive standpoint. So that's the question. That's the question. I almost feel like the Knicks are better off with an Atkinson style of defense. Because it's a little less aggressive. No, it doesn't force a lot of turnovers. But I feel like if you don't have the guys with the proper awareness, the proper skill sets, the athleticism defensively to uh, communicate. Under Tibbs' scheme, not sure if it's going to work that well on, under this team. So, if Tibbs is the guy and that's the scheme that he's going to go with, he has to figure out how to tailor it to his personnel to make sure that um, the, these guys are, are playing the, the best that they can on defense. So, just just some food for thought. Just some food for thought. Um, back to the phones, Esau from Buffalo. Esau,
3: how you feeling, man? How you doing, Chief? Good man, what's going on? Well, I just got a couple points. First of all first of all, let's um all right, says in the basketball. He's gone, he dead. He, he's dead. it's over for that. <laughs> Second of all, I like Fizz um and Akers. But then my question becomes how would they work together? Because they both seem to have strong personality. Very true. And my other point is if we can get CP3 for um, what's that boy's name? <sighs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way I can see us getting CP3. To get CP3 is going about CP3 is about Two steps from
2: shaking fine so uh just want to
4: know
3: what you think about that bro yeah well
2: Thanks for the call. and listen cp3's uh, you know still in his old age and everything you, you're not getting cp3 for knox man so <laughs> you guys gotta pay to play man even though he's an older dude you know it, it's that it's just not gonna happen man it's, it's just not gonna happen that way you're still gonna have to pay you're just hoping that, you know, it doesn't cost that much. Now, uh, on your points, can, can uh, uh, Atkinson and Tibbs ticket coexist? That's a good question. That's a good question. You know, like you said, they, they're both headstrong leaders. Alpha dogs, so to speak. Can they coexist? So we'll see. We'll see. That's a, That's a very good question. A very good question. You know, and again, I go back to Miller's comment, um, uh, Rose's, uh, Leon Rose's comment on, uh, uh, you know, what he wants in a head coach. And he wants that person to be, you know, a, a collaborative figure with the front office. Uh, you know, Kenny Atkinson was said to be on the same page as Sean Marks. <laughs> what, what happened? Again, what happened? I don't know. I don't know, man. And for more on, on Kenny Atkinson, uh, we had two good conversations with uh, Nets beat reporter Anthony Puccio, Nets insider, and uh, Nets season ticket holder, my guy Eves Darboz. Both of those conversations, if you click on the i icon in the top right hand side, uh, we go deep into you know why they felt Atkinson was fired, what he feel, what they felt like he could bring to the Knicks. What even felt what they even felt like he brought to the Nets up up until um, his departure. So those are good conversations. Make sure you click on that i icon, catch up on the uh, the conversation. My guy Anthony Parasol in the chat said CP got the telestrator out. Yeah, you know just a little just a little film breakdown. You know what I mean? We got to see what we getting into. We Got to see what the if, if these investments are going to pay off. But again, it's very interesting because, like I said, as as much as, you know, uh, Atkinson got his knocks, that defense on a whole, you know, maybe I I know that fans will probably argue in certain situations it didn't work. But I almost feel like playing that type of um, conservative way will fit the Knicks because, yes, you're going to have some some um, help side coverage. But it's a bit more calculated of a risk, whereas Thibodeau's scheme, it seems like a lot of times you're really selling out that weak side to, yes, wall off the paint and make it harder for the ball handler to either make a pass or get a a high, high efficiency shot, high percentage shot. But at the same time, are you going to have guys that are going to be able to have that awareness to make the proper rotations? Not overcommit on the on the week off the week side, and make sure that they're protecting the three point line as well. Make sure that they're doing that, you know, because Mil- Miller's, Miller's defense is almost similar to um, Tibbs, but with the exception that he's only bringing one help side defender from the corner. Now, what teams are doing with the Knicks? To counter that is that they would bring better shooters, put better shooters on that weak side corner. So if you cheat off of that, you get buried. It's an interesting, interesting uh, debate. You know, very interesting debate. Uh, But but again, that drop coverage type of defense is what the Milwaukee Bucks are deploying right now. Number one defense in the league and the team that gives up the most three pointers in the league. How do you factor that? Milwaukee Bucks, number one defense in the league, give up the most three-pointers and the most attempts. Why? Because they only give up 60% at the rim, and they only allow 22% of all shots to come to the rim. So they are an elite rim-protecting team. Nets finished second in that category of rim protection. Nets finished second in that category. Layups, dunks, free throws. Layups, dunks, free throws. That's still the name of the game. Three pointers are are very much in vogue for sure, and and yes, you still need to account for it. But uh, the, the name of the game is 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 protecting that paint, protecting the rim. So, you know, it just it's a it's an interesting interesting debate, and and to see how Tibbs can potentially uh, succeed here, if if that is indeed this system that he intends to to impart on this team, implement on this team. Acton was also running some 2-3, some zone concepts as well, a little box one as well. So uh, Agnes is not afraid to mix it up. All right, back to the phones. Let's go to Missouri. Justin from Missouri in here. Justin, how you feeling? I'm
3: good, man. How you doing today, CP? Good, man. What's going on? Man, not much, but I got two scenarios here, and you know, it's definitely for free agency and others for the draft. Um, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, for starting with free agency, like, can you think a package with, you know, a Knox and a maybe a Mitch or something like that could, you know, bring in a some type of, you know, star power such as a, you know, book or a CP or K Love and and uh. As far as the draft i mean if somewhere between that top five are we are we definitely gonna you know maybe keep that pick or do you think that's some trade value alone with that? you know what we got going on because i know leon and i know the guys they're gonna make the moves we we got the people in there but uh i definitely want to get your opinion on it thank yeah. you cp thank you a lot
2: appreciate it man appreciate justin new caller from missouri shout out everybody down in mizzou um Justin, you, you're not gonna get those 2K trades off, man. Y'all gotta chill with the 2K trades. This is a second person now that that turned Kevin Knox into Paul Pierce and is thinking he's gonna get some <laughs> All of a sudden Kevin Knox is uh the Paul George second coming. And he's gonna bring back book. <laughs> now listen, not to laugh. All right, not, not to laugh. All opinions are respected here on Next Fan TV. But I'm just cautioning you guys. You guys got to be realistic. You guys got to be realistic. When you're looking at trying to get these star players, number one, you have to factor in competition. Who out there can give Phoenix the best package, right? Because you have to figure competition. You have to figure leverage. Do the Knicks have any leverage? Does Booker have any leverage? They have zero he has four years remaining on his contract after this year. He just signed a new one. Just signed a five-year deal. He has four years remaining. So you have no leverage there. So what does that mean? That means you got to pony up picks. You got to pony up Mitch. You know, whoever it is. All your good players. They might want RJ in the deal. You know. Listen, we got to be realistic. The, the, the Knicks have no Players that anybody wants, with the exception of maybe Mitch and maybe RJ, and I would say maybe at this point, Kevin Knox is is not a draft asset. He he he's not draft stock right now. Salute to Kev. Jay in Florida is down there. He's getting them right. So that's just what it is right now. We got to develop our draft capital right now. So um, now. Some people think, you know, one of the callers, I forgot his name, the last call, last show he had, felt like this was all a smokescreen and, and maybe a, a top three pick. Maybe the, Leon is planning to package that to try to get a book. Maybe that's a, a less costly scenario. You package that and maybe a lottery pick next year. I don't know, just a start as a framework to get book. Who knows? Not not out of not out of uh the realm of possibility there. So very interesting. But Kevin Knox, I'm gonna tell y'all, man, he's here to stay. Kevin Knox is here to stay. Um, let's hear from my man, Jay Boogie, in the building. Jay, how you feeling, man?
3: I'm good, man. Hope everybody healthy and safe, man. Breaking news real quick, man. Mm. CP just got the lead head coaching job, man, for the New York <laughs> Knicks. <You> he <laughs> got CIE breaking down them X's and O's. I like what you're doing, we, man.
2: Hey, we, hey, we got to switch it up, man. We got to switch it up a little bit, Jay. You know what I mean? I, I had to break out the teller straight and break down that's some how, film a
3: little bit. That's how you stay versatile. I'm going I'm to I'm step to the side real quick, man, because somebody need to give our double three captains some props, man, because a lot of talk we don't be giving – our big man some props, man. And every night when Pat Ewing stepped on that floor, man, he gave it his all. I don't care if we win or lose. He left 110% on that floor. And do people not realize that he is the starting center on the greatest team ever assembled with Mike, Magic, Carl Malone, Barkley, and the big captain in the middle? I just wanted to say that real quick. True story. I don't know what uh, Rose is doing. He act like he don't have no confidence in in Thibodeau's um, supporting cast. He keep trying to put other coaches and stuff with him. Who to say that they going to mess together, man? You know, Thibodeau had his own squad down in Chicago. He took all Ed Pickney, Bill Cartwright, all of them over to Minnesota. So who to say that they going to mess together? You know what I'm saying? and he trying to mix these guys up, you know what I'm saying? I really don't like that. And I really don't like the point we're trying to bring somebody to New York that's already been there because they know the city. Everybody know the city, man. We are the city, New York. We don't need to bring somebody back because they was there before. We need to have a coach that knows how to break down that footage like you was just doing, give us some X's and O's, know how to call timeout, know how to call plays, know how to deal with the media, know how to take the pressure off the team when the team is not playing good. That's what we need somebody on the sideline that's a real Speaker man, not just being heard about what they what they're talking about and and c p three yeah, we need c p three they keep talking about Lebron for the m v p and talking about all the Greek for the MVP. CP3 was really the MVP of this year because if you take them off in Oklahoma, they would have been nowhere where they at, no nowhere. 50, not even in the playoffs, man. Yo, peace and love, man. Just want to shout out. Appreciate and it. put that thumbs up for your boy. And when I hang up, I'm going to hit that cash up for your boy. I'm out.
2: <laughs> appreciate it, Jay. Appreciate that, Jay Boogie. Always supporting, man. Jay Boogie, always supporting, man. And uh, appreciate it on the cash app. You know, a lot of you guys um, send the Super Chats through the – uh, uh, YouTube, which is you know very convenient and everything, but um, truth be told, YouTube does take a a, a portion of that. So J Boogie, some others, they'll send uh their donations through the Cash app. We also accept Venmo and PayPal. The links are also in the video description. Like I said. All the, the, the donations come in and it just covers overhead, just covers simple overhead. We, we carry some overhead to carry the show. And uh, again, we, we do it for the love of the game, for the passion of it. You know, we're not in it for, to, to get rich or anything like that. So uh, the monetary donations are, are very much appreciated. Um, but again, Cash App, Venmo and PayPal uh, will allow us to kind of... Um, uh, absorb all of the cash rather than giving YouTube a cut of everything, but still convenient to do it that way. And like I said, for those of you that, you know, it's hard times right now, you know, financially, you might not be able to support There's other ways to do it. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Very important. Share these videos. Very important. Whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, email somebody, text somebody, call somebody, the more people we bring in, the better the show becomes. And that's how you see in this thing roll as a movement. Right now, we're looking at uh, 20.4. We're looking at 20,400 subscribers. We got 800 people in the chat, people tuning in worldwide, Knicks fans, non-Knicks fans. That's just love and support. And so that's what we need to keep this thing going. Like I said, we're going to build a website up. There's, There's big things happening for Knicks Fan TV. Um. On Jay's points, you know, number one, I'm happy that the captain is, is getting a lot of uh, recognition, obviously, as time has been removed from his playing days. And yeah, we were a long time removed from his, when he was last here, 20 years now. But as as we've gotten farther and farther away, we've come to appreciate him a lot more. And That wasn't always the case, especially when he was leaving. So it's good to to see that he's getting that acknowledgement, you know, because a lot of times it's just like, well, he didn't win, he didn't win, he missed the finger roll, all of that. But you know, Patrick Hume was was a beast, and and so we got to give him that respect. Um, you know, he said he Jay said it, it's not about being in New York or 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 being or being here in terms of selecting Tibbs or Atkinson. I disagree because I feel like it's not about them. Knowing the city, but it's about them understanding the pressure, right? And it's it's about them understanding the magnitude of the situation. That's something that I don't think Fizz really understood. Fisher didn't understand it. Hornacek definitely didn't understand it. You know, it 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 it's about understanding the responsibility. And like you said, handling the media, handling the pressure, and that's why um, I think an Atkinson Tibbs ticket would. Would be beneficial. Now can they mesh together as coaches? That's another story. And that's a very valid question. Very valid question. So um, yeah good call. Good call from Jay Boogie. Always bringing the facts. And uh, definitely appreciate that. How many people we got in the chat? 800. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Definitely hit that thumbs up button for you boys. As we see here. Uh, Mitchell Robinson on the screen. And Mitch is on his way to an NBA record. Mitch is on his way to an NBA record. 74.2% field goal percentage. Passing the late great Wilt Chamberlain. Mitch, please. The Block Nest Monster. Money Mitch. A record setting historic sophomore campaign and uh, you know I've been in Mitch's corner since he got here man happy for the kid proud of him proud of what he's brought to this team he brings an edge to this team man in the paint you know what I mean he knows his role and I thought that's what led to his maturation especially in the second half of the season you know Mitch spent a lot of time on the bench he didn't start that many games still ended up averaging more minutes um, than Taj but Coming off the bench, uh, you know, Mitch's issues was with discipline, you know, the foul trouble, um, not really having good um, touch around the rim, just snagging down offensive rebounds. But I think as a C see- and in um, setting screens was another weakness of Mitch. But I think as the season went on, you really saw his value. Um, you setting in better screens, he was much more forceful on the offensive glass. And I thought there was a point where he really just recognized his strength and his dominance out there and how dominant he can be. And so it was good to see Mitch, um, you know, break that record. And it's also interesting to to see him do that when uh, they didn't run too many pick and rolls for him. He was ranked 35th in, in, in uh, pick and roll um, opportunities uh, in, in the league, but in terms of finishing, he's in the 97th percentile, you know, he's in the 97th percentile, 92% of his field goals were at the rim. So now the question is what the fans want to see is, is he going to step it up? Is he going to move his game out? What what are the expectations For Mitch in year three. All right. We've been seeing all the workout videos. And I I love the workout videos. Because people are so judgmental on it. It's like, you know, listen. He's got to be working on this. He's got to be working on that. The competition isn't good. So I usually just post it just to get a kick out of people. See what they say. I mean, I don't get too high or low on workout videos. It's it's really nothing to judge. But clearly, you know, he's working. He's working on his perimeter game. And what will that mean? What are your expectations for Mitch for year three in, in terms of his game evolving? Like, personally, me, like, I'm not expecting to see him doing this in year three. He's not going to come out and be Anthony Davis, right? But I would like to see him shoot the ball just a little bit more to keep defensive defenses honest. You know, we, I think from some of you guys that have watched the games as much as I have, You've seen situations where he gets stuck when those dribble handoffs get jammed up and he's he's just sitting there, you know, out on the perimeter. Uh uh the all all the spacing is, is tied up for the teammates getting tied down and he's looking for an outlet. You know, you want to see him shoot. You wanna see him shoot that. But his primary game is a finisher, a rim runner. And, and, and a shot blocker. Those are his strengths. And, and I want to see him continue to uh, um, accentuate on those strengths. And then running more pick and rolls for him. Get more shooters so that you can space the floor better for him. But like I said, at the end of the day, having that jump shot, having that freedom to shoot it, to be out there on the floor in crunch time. Be nice to see. Be nice to see. As a bailout, for sure. You know, as a bailout. What what's what, what do you think? You know, it's gonna be a t- is gonna come a time when they're going to have to pay him. What's his value on the market? Now, right now, Capella's getting about eighteen million a year. Capella signed a five-year, ninety million dollar deal. Now he's averaging almost a double-double himself. Mitch has got to get up there a little bit. I think Mitch is at about nine and seven. Capella's at about 18. Gobert, obviously, who's, you know, the cream of the crop in terms of, uh, you know, the rim running big. Gobert's at about 25. Where's Mitch's number? Where's Mitch's number? Is it 15? 13? 15? Capella's at 18. Where's Mitch's number? Because I think at the end of this year, I got to look into his contract situation. But there's going to come a time where he's going to need to get paid. What is his value? It seemed like Capella's value with the Rockets ended up being diminished to the point where they traded him. You know, Golden State did a lot of good things to cut that pick and roll off. And once they did, well, Capella was kind of useless out there. So how does Mitch avoid that? Very interesting question. Very interesting question. How does he avoid being that one dimensional that when they cut off your bread and butter you can still be an asset a plus on the offensive side so very interesting this is a very very interesting debate but make no mistake the block nest monster is a nick and i hope that they continue to uh further his development last caller of the night we're gonna go to new row kemet what's going on Yo, you hear me? Yep, loud and clear, bro. Go ahead. Okay. Um, well, I was gonna.
3: Well, thanks for having me. Um, long time listener for about two years now. I was gonna talk about roster construction. I'm kind of happy you talked about mitch a bit because I think one thing we forget about we always talk about we need shooters, we need shooters, we need a point guard. All that's true, but what we need are triple threats—guys who can pass, dribble, and shoot. You look at the Warriors. You look at the Raptors. All those guys could pass, dribble, and shoot. You didn't know what they were going to do. They were a threat from every position they took. I think those are the kind of players we need to add, absolutely.
2: I agree and appreciate the call, Kemet, positionless basketball. Positionless basketball. You know, having that flexibility of guys that can handle it, guys that can move, guys that can move without the ball, that guys that can pass it. That's what Golden State does exceptionally well, one through five. You know, one through five. They go get Denny in the draft. That's another upgrade for them. I think they'll they'll end up maybe Denny maybe uh, Wiseman, but he, but you're absolutely right. You know, Nick, Knicks needs some more well rounded plays. You look at the Raptors; all those guys look like they're the same guy. <laughs> they all they all look like Siakam, man. They all built. I mean, like built like athletically. You know, like Siakam. So uh, you know, definitely right on that. The length, the athleticism, ability to put the ball on the floor, ability to pass it. So on and so forth. But you know, raw Hebrew remnant says in the chat, So they're hard to come by. Yeah, it's tough. Tough to get those guys. There's three three dimensionals. Definitely tough to get those guys. Um other news. The the lottery. It was announced that the lottery has been moved up. The the draft lottery is no longer August 25th. The draft lottery is going to be uh August twentieth. Draft lottery is going to be August 20th. We are in the pre-planning phases um, to have a a watch party right here on TV. I'm going to have Macri here. I'm going to invite uh, David Zidon, Spencer, the whole gang. Um, Watch the lottery. Take your phone calls. Go right into a mock draft. And hopefully we'll have some prizes, giveaways, all that type of stuff. So the lottery party will be here on TV, no doubt about it, August 20th. So... I don't know if it's Christmas. I don't know if it's Halloween, but they've moved the date up. So let's see. Draft is still October. Yes, draft is still October sixteenth, I believe. Draft is still October sixteenth. Also, uh, FIBA Frank looks like he's making a comeback. We so there was a uh, a flyer going around the internet this afternoon. Um, a fr- a French summer league, a a mirror league. Out in France. Uh, and Frank. You got Sekou Demboya. And, and the gang out there. So it looks like Frank is going to be uh, participating in some summer hoops. Out in his home country. So let's see if the French Prince can continue to work on his game. And see what he's going to bring to this. Potential Tibbs. Potential Atkinson. Potential. <laughs> Whenever we get a coach. When will Frank uh, be able to utilize his defensive talents? We shall see. All right, seven ninety in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Definitely want to salute everybody for coming in. Also, new in stores. You know, COVID nineteen is still ravaging our country, our society. So for that, we got the Knicks fan TV face mask. In the store, nice material, nice stretch material. Rep the, you could rep the brand. You can get yours in the store. Be protected. And um, the good thing about these, one dollar goes to charity for children's charity fighting hunger. So this is a partnership between us and teespring. One dollar of every purchase goes towards a um, charity fighting children's hunger. So JB33 says upside down. Yeah, I know, man. This is is a live show, man. You know what I mean? Can't always be on point. So (laughs) so, yeah, man, just came in the mail. My joy just came in the mail. It's nice. You know what I mean? Very nice quality. So, So to everybody that has copped, a lot of people copped theirs already and got theirs already. So definitely appreciate that. And um yeah I think that's about it. Also the um NBA court has been uh revealed for the bubble. As you see here they got the Black Lives Matter insignia on the court. They have uh looks like they got a DJ booth already set up. So games will be starting back up July 31st, man. What do you guys th- what do you guys think about the new court? So they're claiming that they're going to have some uh, new state-of-the-art camera angles, so on and so forth. So, looks like the NBA is ready to uh, make the proper adjustments and get ready to play. NBA's coming back. Who do you guys like? Who do you guys like in, in this bubble, man? Who do you guys like in this bubble restart? So It's a brand new season for me, man. I feel like these guys are... Uh, they're, they're practice, practically starting fresh. So, I'm going to go with the Clippers. Will the Bucks come out of the East? I don't know. Listen, I w- I'm not going to count out Boston. I'm not going to count out the Raptors. And lastly, Miami might have something to say. I'm not going to just say it's Milwaukee's to take, man. Because something something about this stage, even though he's injured... I just feel like this is this is Kemba's time, and he's never gotten this opportunity yet to shine on the big stage. He's always been with with the bums, with the with the Hornets. This Celtics team, man, I just got my eyes on them with Tatum taking that leap. Jalen Brown's tough, and Kemba. The, to me, this is Kemba's stage, man. I just can't count out the Clippers' depth. Can't count out the Clippers' depth. Um, somebody, named Anthony, said the Phillies dangerous. I gotta see how how Embiid and Simmons coexist out there. They're making some lineup changes, um, trying to bring an extra ball handler out on the court, take take it out of Simmons's hands a little bit, a little bit. I'm not sure if they'll do that full time, but I, I'm not sure about Philly, man. I thought last year was was a better year for them, but we'll see. I think this is anybody's ball game. No crowd, uh, you know. You have injuries. You have the, the 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 psychological impact. How a guy is gonna feel? You know, playing against other guys, no fans. You're not in your home territories. Neutral ground. For some reason, I'm I'm just thinking this is this is Kemba's this is Kemba's time to shine. I think the Lakers are finished. I think the Lakers are finished, man. So. I think losing uh, Avery Bradley is tough. Losing Rondo is tough just from a leadership standpoint. Can't count LeBron, obviously. Somebody said the Nuggets. Strybo Jiggle said the Nuggets. Jokic is coming back a brand new person. Yo, You know what I mean? You got Jokic lost a ton of weight. So it's going to be very interesting, man. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, it would be better if the Knicks are in it. Always better when the Knicks are in it, but... It is what it is. So um, that will be that. And uh, yeah, that's it, man. So to everybody for tuning in once again. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Let me know what you think. Who is your coaching preference? Is it Tibbs? Is it Atkinson? If they go with the assistant coach, that former head coach as an assistant coach, who's the pairing that you want? Leave a comment in the chat. Leave a comment in the video on the replay thanks for tuning in once again everybody for tuning in so to everybody from facebook never forget my people from facebook oh we topped over 800 so let's make sure we keep that same energy let's make sure we keep that same energy man and uh appreciate everybody for tuning in zach Patton, appreciate it anthony parasol or all the mods definitely appreciate it who else? Joel, John, Pranav. Always appreciate the support. Dave, great job. TM, great job. Arnold, great job. Jack Rose, appreciate it, man. Definitely appreciate it. JB33, definitely appreciate it. And uh, stay tuned, man. We'll catch up again over the weekend. CP from Next Fan TV signing out. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, fill out the mailing list. Please fill out the mailing list. And uh, we'll tune in with with you guys. We'll check back in with you guys over the.